Having conversations with your daughter about sexuality can be kind of awkward, but it's really, really necessary. I'm John Fuller, along with my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, uh, about how early did you and your wife start having conversations with your daughter about this topic of sexuality? From an early age, I'd say six, seven years old, we started to talk about uh, just the impact of boy-girl relationships. We started to talk about attraction and what that could potentially feel like. Uh, We talked about uh, her body as well and and, uh, girls and boys and the differences between that. Uh, And you can even uh, really, to be honest, we started talking about those differences from three, four, five years old Mm -hmm. and onward, the gender sex differences, and then what's happening in her body and the fact that we are naturally consumers of one another from a sexuality perspective. Mm. And what does it mean to be a contributor? Those conversations came in at the eight, nine, ten wow. year range. And then you're pretty brave, that, Danny. I'm just going to have to interrupt you to say parents are probably thinking this guy is like superhuman. <laughs> I just, I man, you were I super want, intentional though, weren't you? Yes, That's I, I want my daughter to not be afraid of sex, but to desire that as a gift in her marriage. And I've seen way too many young women feel a sense of shame around sexuality, mm-hmm. which impacts the marriage tremendously. This is where Satan has attacked this and perverted it through pornography, created fear around sexuality. I want, I want my daughter to be free to be loved and express her love in this one way. There are many other ways people can show love to each other, but this one way that has, has seemed to really get distorted in culture, I want to be the first one teaching her and as a dad help her be discerning in that sexuality and to see something amazing that God has created. You know, that's, that's great, and um, we're not done. <laughs> that's just the preamble uh, to the show as we continue on now. Let's go ahead and hear from Dr. Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician. Uh, she also has some excellent insight on this very important topic. And uh, here now is Dr. Meeker with Jim Daly. Dr. Meg, welcome back to Focus. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. <laughs> so good to have you here. I don't want to uh, ask a leading question, but how long have you been practicing as a pediatrician? Oh, my. It's about 32 or 33 years. So the point of that is experience pays off. You oh, have okay. seen a lot of, of teenage girls particularly, right? Thousands. Thousands. And, and, I, you know, and one of the things I love, I love to see and answer questions of parents and kids who are really struggling with tough issues. Give us an example of that. Kids who are wanting to run away, kids who are on drugs, and they have two parents at home, and parents are beside themselves, and they don't know what to do. One of the struggles we have now is around the gender issue. Sure. And um, the, or the other thing, you know, we have some Christian parents and their daughter comes in at 16 or 17 and they find out she's sexually active. What do they do? So I have to deal with parents who feel very, very guilty. And then I have to deal with a daughter who feels guilty and sort of reset them. So and I love to talk to kids and teenagers about sex. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, no, it's healthy. And, and high school students, I mean, and parents say, well, they don't want to talk about that. Oh, yes, they do. And it's really fun because, you know, God has given us a healthy path through just about everything. And when you bring that and path and you talk to kids or parents about that path, 
it feels so good. It feels so right. It's so healing. And you can see eyes light up. I see eyes light up in kids when I'm talking to them about why having sex with three partners when you're 17, 18, you're 20 can cause depression. The boys say, well, no one told me that. Mm. Is that why I feel so bad? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're here. I was wanting to ask these questions in a moment, but since we're here, let's go for it. Uh, something like 40% in your book, you state 40% of teen girls are sexually active. Um, that is lower than half, mm -hmm. which is good, but it's still an incredibly high number. It is. And I will tell you, I think the reason they're sexually active is um, they get a lot of pressure from boys. And as we were talking before, girls who are nice and kind and conscientious don't want to say no because no one's taught them to say no. They also have a lot of pressure from the media. And everyone's oh, media, media, but but social media, peer pressure. peer pressure. As a matter of fact, I routinely say to girls in my practice, high school girls, what are the two or three biggest um, trouble spots for you? What are the biggest pressures that you deal with? If you just could boil it down. It's a good question. And without skipping a beat, they say being thin enough and having sex. Mm -hmm. Always. And I said, well, tell me about that. Well, I'm, I'm just never thin enough, okay, so I always have to diet. And they get that message from third grade on. Wow. And then the messages about sex, because they see it everywhere. I'm sure you're aware of the recent movie Cuties. Yeah. I've heard a little bit on about On the cover, yeah. there were 11-year-old girls yeah, dressed terrible. in black stuff in sexual postures and positions. And so many parents, Netflix is bringing out, so many parents wrote and so they changed the cover. Well, I don't know if they changed the movie. But even seeing a photo like that, if you're 14 right. and these girls are 11, you've missed the boat. And so they need to engage in sexual talk. They need to act like they're open, at least to boys, to be accepted. And remember, as we talked last time about having, am I significant? Do I have value? One of the ways they can feel significant, even if it's superficial, is to act sexually attractive and sexually open, even if they don't want it. And I think um, the other reason girls are sexually active is they don't feel they have a good reason not to be. Yeah, what is that reason for that mom particularly who's going to have that discussion with a 15-year-old girl in their Christian home? Okay. What's that answer when oh. that mom has to deliver? Easy, easy, easy. I've delivered it a million times to girls I don't know. First of all, God made you to respect and love and protect yourself. God made you so beautiful. You're the temple. You're a temple. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And um, the next reason is that you were created to be strong and to say no to people and to not accept things um, before you want them. We know we have great studies to show that it leads to depression. We know that sexual activity in young girls... And it's going to be damaging. Damaging, psychologically. Yeah. You're going to feel worse about yourself. No, I won't, Mom. No, I won't, Mom. I'll be accepted. No, you don't. Um, and then third, physiologically. Um, and then I say to them, I pull out the zinger. Do you know why you got your Gardasil? Did your doctor ever tell you what you got your Gardasil? No. Well, I said, then we need to have that conversation. And for those listening, Gardasil is... It, it's a vaccine for HPV, human papillomavirus, which causes cervical cancer in girls, in young girls. So now I say to the girls, we are... 
diseases are such an issue among young kids, particularly young girls, because of your anatomy. We have to immunize you now against a sexually transmitted infection. That's that's serious. Sexual activity is so serious um, that we need to do that. So those Mm. are just a few of the big reasons. So you don't even have to say, which you certainly can, it's wrong to do. You can start with the medical stuff and then move into your body's too precious and the the temple, the Holy Spirit. Well, and I so appreciate that. You know, when I'm trying to teach my boys, I don't have, again, the, the honor of raising girls, but trying to teach them that, you know, God's given you this wedding present. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to keep it wrapped, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And he wants you to explore that when you get married with that woman he brings into your life mm-hmm. for a lifetime. I used, I've tried to continue to message that but, since but, they were little. Here's exactly, and I find in many instances, teen boys are more sensitive than teen girls. That's exactly interesting. Yeah, what exactly what I taught our son. And after he went off to college, a couple years into college, he and a friend of his called me with questions about why he should continue to stay abstinent. And I thought that is so cool. But here, <laughs> but here's here's what I tell kids, particularly boys. You know, God made your body to be sexually active from 15 to about you know, 75 or 80. So that's a lot of years. That's maybe 70 years. And look over their faces. Are you kidding me? And I say, are your parents alive? Oh, that's horrible. And then I say, are your grandparents alive? And they want to rock out of the room. But I say, here's my point. If you want a great 40 years, you need to listen to what I'm going to tell you over the next 10 years. And if you really want great, relationships with your wife for that long a period of time, then you need to pay attention to what you do in the next five years. Wow. They get it. Danny, it seems almost unavoidable these days for a parent to kind of preempt um, their child's sexual exploration at some level. Hmm. So um, I'm a mom or a dad. I've got a daughter. She's already been engaged in some sort of sexual expression or experience what do I do? What's most helpful is to step in with grace and with listening. Get the story behind the behaviors. The behaviors just tell part of it. She was maybe curious. Maybe she was uh, in a moment emotionally where she, she felt a need for this with this young man. There's something there that you can step into and listen, even though they're all the emotions are pointing a different direction. There's a lot of anger, frustration, maybe even uh, guilt on your part as a parent. I didn't talk to her soon enough, and look what has happened. Sometimes in our most broken places is where we find God. Help her find mm. the forgiveness and redemption and renewal that God invites us into. Because what he's more concerned about is our soul and how we interact with that invitation to the cross. And he's, he's already saying, I know you're imperfect. That's not what's up for grabs here. Hmm. But I want to love you, and I want you to understand love. So you as a parent get to bring that, and then from there have conversations around, what is it that you're looking for, honey? Because I want you to find the real deal. And it seems that maybe you're looking for something deeper that this doesn't, did not give you. And just know I love you, still proud of you. Let's figure this out together and let's have some more times where we talk Mm. about your sexuality and what that means and what you can bring now in a relationship where we'll bring the the satisfaction 
in the attaching that it was designed to do. Hmm. Well, we've mentioned our counseling team here before on previous episodes, and uh, this is one of those topics you may want to call us about uh, because you're uh, just feeling like you're not sure how to have that conversation, despite everything you've heard today. Um, If you're struggling, if you need some support, give us a call. Our counseling team is uh, just a call away, 800, the letter A in the word family, 800, the letter A in the word family to set up a free consultation. And uh, while you have us on the phone, um, ask about Meg Meeker's book, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. We're making that available to you for a one-time gift of any amount or a monthly pledge. The link to donate and get a copy of that book will also be in the show notes. You'll hear more from Dr. Meeker next time about encouraging your daughter's faith. And uh, for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Did you know nearly 60% of American adults don't have a will in place? That's a big number, and not having a will can leave a heavy burden for family left behind. If you need a will but don't know where to begin, let Focus on the Family help. Download our resource, 15 Questions to Ask When Preparing a Will. It's our gift to you at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash PrepareMyWill. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash PrepareMyWill.